Welcome to Two Bros in a Pod. Our goal as a podcast is to provide unfiltered, unbiased, and interactive content to sports fans everywhere. You can find this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Visit www.2brosinapod.com to access all of our podcasts and articles and to leave a comment on those articles and podcasts. Without further ado, let's get into today's sports news. Hello and welcome back to Two Bros in a Pod. So today we are going to keep talking and keep discussing about the NBA win totals that came out. Um, it's been a couple weeks now. Um, I'm actually glad that I kind of took that little hiatus because of the um, the big news um, coming out of Brooklyn um, that Kevin Durant will be staying um, next season as a Brooklyn Net. He's not going to be traded. Um, the front office and Kevin Durant had a meeting and they were able to, uh, I guess, hash things out and um, talk things over. And it was in the best interest of both parties, it seems like, that Kevin Durant will be staying for next year. So how I ended last um, uh, last uh, podcast is kind of, I guess, it. I'm going to go over the Nets now because I kind of... Um, I think I was talking about the Lakers and how I didn't want to talk about the Lakers, which I still don't want to. Um, but I think it, it might have been the Nets, too, that I was just like, I, I don't really know. Nobody really knows much um, about what they're going to be, wh- what they're going to look like next year. Um, and I think now that with this with this news um, of him staying that it does really, really shut. Uh, it it kind of clears clears a lot of. Um, clears a lot of things for the landscape of the NBA, the Eastern Conference, and the Nets. So I'm pretty sure we left off at the Raptors and the Nets. Um, so let's start with that. Uh, Raptors and the Nets. So both are projected to win 45 and a half games. Um, and believe it or not, with how even how I talked about the Nets um, in that last episode, I actually think that... Um, the Nets will actually finish way better than 45 and a half. Um, with this news coming out, I think that they are a top four Eastern Conference team. Um, because if you look back at that uh, Celtics Nets series, I always um, like to point this out as a Celtics fan that it was actually statistically our closest series of the of the whole playoffs. Um, obviously you had some close games, probably the closest series in terms of like, I guess just talent wise. And it, you know, cause obviously the net series ended up, it finished in four, obviously it was a sweep and each of our next two series went seven. So you would have think you would think that like, no, no way that the nets was the hardest or closest series, um, statistically, but in terms of point differential after every single game, the Nets and Celtics games were the closest um, as a whole. So, it, on average, I should say. So, um, I'm not saying that they were obviously the hardest competition that we faced, at least in the Eastern Conference Finals, obviously. Um, I mean, the Eastern Conference Playoffs, obviously, that the final series, the Warriors were just better than the Celtics. Um, but... I think that people didn't really give as much respect to the Nets as they could have. Um, Because I do think, I'm not a guy that likes to 
blame losses on injuries, especially. And I'm I might be a little biased, obviously, because I'm I'm not gonna lie. The Celtics did get some pretty solid luck these uh, this playoffs um, with. Uh, I mean, pretty much every series you have Ben Simmons not playing, which I don't know how how much impact that would have made. Um, really, come him playing his first game in months or years, um, I should say. Uh, and his first game would be in a playoff game in a high leverage situation. I just don't know why so many people put so much of a impact on Ben Simmons's return. Obviously, he's a great player, um, but I just think that's way too much time. First of all, just to be coming in and playing like you did um, at your peak. And not only that, coming in during, like I said, a high leverage situation, I just don't see how many of people's predictions of him being a very huge impact in that, on that series was was true. I just didn't see it. But um, I think that, um, in, in, like I said, in terms of game by game, it was a really, really close series. And obviously, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, it didn't work out how it was supposed to last year. But I think if that they have a whole year, because they still have yet to play a whole year together, really. Um, but that, that's that's another issue that you see with the Nets. That's part of the problem is that Durant and Kyrie, they just cannot find ways to stay on the court. Um, Durant getting older and um, you can call him a cupcake or a snake or whatever, you, whatever adjective or noun you you want to uh, name him. But they, they just don't play on the court as, enough. Um, Kyrie with the injuries that he's had and um, the, the off the court stuff for the vaccine. Is, uh, I think I think that's kind of passed away now i think we don't really have to worry about that now but you always run that risk if, if something happens in the world with just just in general is is Kyrie gonna play and usually you don't want to have those type of conversations with your with one of your cornerstones of your franchise so um it, that that's probably the biggest question and what if um the second biggest because i think the biggest would probably be ben simmons and how he's gonna play but the thing is now when he if he does if those big three kevin durant Kyrie, and ben simmons play at the start of the regular season next year, and they all play. Obviously, things are going to happen. They're not always going to play all the games. Um, no, that's inevitable that you're going to miss some games. But if they can get at least like 40 to 50 games under their belt where they all play together, I think that'll be a good sample size to see what they're going to do. Um, and my prediction is that, like I said, I think they're going to be a solid team in the East. Now, will they come out of the East? Absolutely not. The Celtics, the Bucks, and the 76ers are, all three of them are better, but... Like I like I said, top four, which means that if I think that the Celtics, Bucks, and the 76ers are better than that fourth team, I know it's probably gonna get a lot of heat uh, from my Heat uh, peers. Um, but I think that I, at the end of the day, if we're talking about seeding, I think the Heat are going to be better than the Nets. But if we're talking about talent-wise in a playoff series, Nets versus Heat, I don't know, man. I, right now, I'd still go with the Heat, but it's tough because, like I said, if it if they look good, those big that big three in Brooklyn, I mean, with the Heat, I mean, you've seen it. They just lost P.J. Tucker, so they don't even have a guy other than, I mean, Jimmy Butler to put on Kevin Durant, which, first of all, is just a bad matchup to begin with, but... You don't want your superstar player having to go out and defend the other guy's superstar possession by possession. Um, and I know I said that as a Celtics fan because 
ex- the experience of that, people like to say that Tatum played a huge role in defending Kevin Durant, which he absolutely did. When he was on him, he played great. But to say that he was like his primary defender throughout that series is just wrong. Um, I think the the credit that he he gets is deserved because he did play him, like I said, very, very well um, for a 24-year-old playing against one of the greatest players of all time, one of the greatest offensive players, if not the best of all time. So for sure, that that's great. But if Tatum really did guard him possession by possession each game, that series would have looked a whole lot different. If we didn't have guys like Al Horford and Grant Williams to put on Durant to give him different looks, the series could have gone the series could have gone longer because I mean you talk about the historic implosion that Kevin Durant had and we still had some pretty close games in that series and like I said it was a sweep doesn't really matter how much you lose by you lose you lose so but yeah I think the Nets um I think their win pers- wins could probably get up to 50 um and like I said this is before the uh the Kevin Durant announcement I think before when this came out, it was implied that I think that they the, the uh, Caesar Sportsbook thought that Kevin Durant was going to be traded. I don't think they did anything in terms of Kyrie leaving because 45 is still a lot without Kevin Durant. But with Kevin Durant and Kyrie and Ben Simmons all playing with the roster that they have, which is a very sneaky good roster. They lost some guys um, like Bruce Brown, which is going to be huge for them. But they still have shooting on their team. They get back uh, Joe Harris. So... And they got some young guys. Like I like I like Nick's Claxton as their center. They do play a small ball brand of basketball, and I think Claxton could be a solid piece in their rotation. So I think I think that you could probably up their win total a little bit. But if we're talking about like two weeks ago when I started this, or a week ago when I started this, I could see forty five and a half. I'm okay with that. Maybe a little lower. But now with this new news, with some new light to the situation, um, I think that their total should be. Uh, should go up, and I think that uh, it will. Uh, I haven't checked the updated win totals. I don't know if they do that, but um, yeah. Uh, and then you got the Raptors there at forty-five and a half, tied with the Nets. Um, I don't like this one. I don't know how you put the Raptors below the Hawks, which is the next best team at forty-six and a half, with the success that they had last year. And I mean, man, the Raptors continually, continually just just find ways to be a good basketball team. And not just a good basketball team, like a, a team that is at that um, boundary of like at that line of where, OK, are they going to be a championship contending team or are they going to um, they're going to just give problems to the top four seeds, which last year, I mean, they pushed the 76ers to six games, um, which I think was a pretty good achievement with what they had. Um, and now you get some extra games and an extra season under the belt of their, their young guys. I mean, I, I don't like that prediction at all. I think that's probably one of the worst ones that I've seen in this one. 45 and a half is tough. Um, I, I just don't, and let's just get right into the Hawks prediction, 46 and a half. I don't, that's another, I just don't see how, how can, with the, how the Hawks played last year. I don't understand how you can put, them there i just don't understand it um and it's not like the hawks are a historically good team that gets good wins in the play in the regular season i mean obviously that's a whole other team we're talking about five years ago where they had al horford and schroeder and all those guys that did but we're talking about trey young and john collins here 
they've made the playoffs one time in that kind of weird situation with how fans were kind of coming back from the COVID situation, but they weren't fully back. And props to them. They they got to the conference finals, but I mean, to not even make... Did they make the playoffs last year? I don't... Yeah, they made the playoffs. Yeah, they did make the playoffs. Sorry. They won, they won a game against the Heat. I almost forgot about it because to me, I mean, the Hawks were just not a threat last year in the playoffs whatsoever. And then last year, I mean, compared to the Haw- Raptors last year, I mean, people were saying, hey, the Raptors got a decent shot, especially when they push it to game six, that if the Raptors can get this win in game six, they have a chance. They really have a chance to, to push the 76ers here. So I don't get it. Um, I love I love Trey Young. Obviously, he's a great player. Um, but we saw in that Heat series, man, if you could, if you can put some physical dudes on him that can defend the heck out of the ball, he he's going to have some troubles. He had a lot of turnovers in that series. So I don't like that. I'd probably switch the Raptors and the Hawks there. And then I think you call it a day there. So, yeah. Um, and then you got the Timberwolves. Uh, we got two teams tied at 48 and a half wins. The Mavericks and the Timberwolves. Um, at first glance... I think I think that's okay. Um, not too much. You don't really know what the Gobert situation, how that's going to work with the Cat uh, and Rudy Gobert um, uh, connection or whatever you want to call it. Um, it it's going to be interesting. I don't know if I like it yet. Um, I think Cat. I think it's going to benefit Cat a lot because I think Cat is better. He plays like a four. He's not as he's obviously he has a center body. But he's not like a physical guy that's going to, you know, catch a bunch of alley-oops and get in the post a lot. He, he's, he wants to be like a pick-and-pop guy, pick-and-roll dude that is a really, really good four, I think. He kind of reminds me a little of Anthony Davis without the post presence that Anthony Davis has. Because I think Anthony Davis is a bit better post-wise. But I think they have a very similar game. Um, Anthony Davis is actually a lot more... ISO too, like he has a little uh, more handles, but cat cat can cat can handle the ball too. So, um, it, it's very uncertain in that situation in Minnesota. So I'm okay with putting it at 48 and a half, and then you got the Mavericks at 48 and a half, which I also like. Um, I'm okay with it. Um, we'll see how their roster show uh, turns out. Um, they got rid of Porzingis um, last year. Um, they're bringing Javale McGee. Um, they're getting a lot of injured. Well, I don't know about a lot, but they get, I think, one of a, a very solid player in Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, back from injury. So I think that they're gonna be they're gonna be a good team. Uh will they make the conference finals? The the West is so so stacked that I don't see them making the conference finals again, but I don't think anybody saw them making the conference finals last year. So We'll wait and see on that one. Um, Luca's great, obviously. He's going to do um, everything in his power to get them back. Um, but they, I mean, they're pretty much bringing back the same dudes. They got Spencer Dinwiddie still, um, uh, Dorian Finney Smith. Um, they got a young guy in Josh Green that can still develop. And then Jaden Hardy is actually, um, obviously, that's a big story. I forgot to even mention it. Uh, Jalen Brunson leaving. So that's going to be a huge, huge loss. But like I said, they're bringing back guys like Tim Hardaway. They did brought in uh, Jaden Hardy from the draft, who I think is going to be a really, really good player in the NBA, a really good bench score. Um, they, they brought JaVale McGee. They got some size. Um, he had a really, really solid, sneaky solid year. He's been having some really good years in the NBA for the last three years for 
like I said, for, for three years, I mean, they've been, he's been really solid for a lot of different teams. Um, and then they, they brought in Christian Wood, obviously. When I saw that move, I wasn't like in love with it for what they gave up. Obviously it was the right move to make in terms of what you get back and what you give up. But if we're talking about like fit and how he fits into the Maverick system, I don't know. It just, I feel like he needs the ball a lot, but I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch much of Christian Wood or the Rockets last year. So I might be totally wrong on this for the people that watch the Rockets or Mavericks fans that have looked into his game um, a lot since they got this uh, trade done. So I think, um, I think, I think they'll make the second round for sure. I think they'll make the semifinals, depending on who they match up with. Um, If you were to tell me, though, Mavericks versus Timberwolves, I'd be tempted to take the Timberwolves. For now, I'd probably take the Mavericks just because we're so uncertain of what Minnesota's going to look like. But um, I like like the Mavericks and Timberwolves at 48 and a half there. Um, So, yeah. And then next team, you got the Nuggets at 49 and a half, um, which I like it. Um, It's pretty conservative because we don't know really what um jamal murray and michael porter jr we're gonna get um both coming off of major injuries but both huge huge pieces of that nuggets franchise obviously and the nuggets brought in some very 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 good players i think a lot of people they're we're not talking about the nuggets enough they're they're the moves that they made this year were spectacular um the biggest one probably for me is Bruce Brown. I think I think Bruce Brown is one of the more underrated players in the NBA. And I think them getting Bruce Brown, their their uh, bench is going to be so good. They brought in KCP. They still have Bones Highland, so they got a nice one-two right there off the bench. Um, they might honestly start Bruce Brown. I don't know how that's going to work, but um, they also got Ish Smith. Um, Jeff Green and Aaron Gordon are still there. They have a really, really good team, I think, with that big three and some really solid supporting pieces. So I wouldn't be surprised that the Nuggets, um, if the Nuggets make the conference finals next year at all, I would not be surprised. So I like that pick. Um, like I said, 49 and a half is probably not the win total that they're going to get, but I, I like it. Um, I think they might get a little more wins than that. Because I think it'll be, they're definitely for sure going to be top four, I think. Um, I, I'd probably put them over the Grizzlies just because I love Jokic so much that I'd put him over Jaw and what they have going over there in Memphis. Um, but let's let's talk about that. Um, you talk, uh, We have a three-way tie for 50 and a half wins. Um, those teams are the Heat, the Grizzlies, and the 76ers. Um, I'd probably put the Heat lower. Uh, I, like I said, I think the Nuggets are going to be better than the Heat next year. Um, and I probably put the Grizzlies, like I said, the Nuggets are better than the Heat and the Grizzlies next year, in my opinion. And I think that the 76ers are, that's a good spot for them. Um, we'll see what their additions are, are, are going to, um, look like next year. Uh, but I actually, I actually, I mean, I put them in my top three in the Easter conference. I actually have some high hopes for the 76ers and what they're going to do next year. Um, I think James Harden full season with that uh, in that system, I think he's going to do better. Um, obviously, though, when the playoffs come around, we who knows, who knows at this point. But Tyrese Maxey is going to keep getting better. Um, you got the defending. Uh, I was about to say defending uh, MVP, but yeah, no. Um, my pick. I forgot what my pick was. I think 
at times it was Jokic, at times it was Embiid. It was so close throughout the season because both of them were putting up crazy numbers, which you love to see in the MVP race. It was just so wonderful. And then you got Giannis coming in at the end of the year, kind of making a surge. Like, it, it was a really good MVP race. So that was a really solid year of basketball. But I just hope we get it next year. But obviously, you got Embiid. Um, they bring in P.J. Tucker, who I think is going to be a great fit. I think that was a wonderful, wonderful um, pickup. Anytime you can get P.J. Tucker... It, it's a W. I mean, it, you're not. Uh, he can shoot. He can play. He's a. He's a. It's weird because he he doesn't seem like a modern player the way he plays, but he really is like a modern three and D guy. Um, he plays his position very well. Um, you can put him against anybody's best score. Um, no matter if they're small, or like no matter if they're a two or a four, you can you can put P.J. Tucker on him. Um. But I think that Joel Embiid is just going to carry them to some crazy wins. Like, I just think, I think the win total could be a little bit better. I think where they are team-wise, rank-wise is good. I think they're right where they need to be. I think under the Clippers, under the Warriors, and under the Bucks and the Celtics is, is a good place to put them. I think they might win a little more games. But like I said, conservative uh, win totals here. So I like it. I like where they are. Um, looking for Joel Embiid and Harden to have a good regular season. Because like I said, this is only regular season. Um, uh, totals here so obviously not really predicting what they're going to do in the playoffs so if we get regularly season James Harden 76 it should be a really good team Um, so yeah and then next team we got the Clippers at 51 and a half some people might be a little mad at that I don't know I just know that when it comes to the Clippers a lot of people have like a weird view of them because they're they say oh they're the Lakers little brother for the last couple years now the Clippers have been better than the Lakers. Um, if we take out that bubble season, the Clippers have been better than the Lakers for a while now. So I think we need to stop with that narrative, in my opinion. But um, they're getting Kawhi Leonard back. That's that's the big thing. The additions that they had in the offseason weren't the best, if I'm being honest. They bring in John Wall, who I think should be okay. But um, I don't think he'll be like a huge factor or anything. Um, I think they already had some solid pieces coming into the year. Um, they bring back Robert Covington too, which I like. Zubak, one of the um, most underrated centers in, in the league. But like I said, biggest story, Kawhi Leonard. If Kawhi Leonard is Kawhi Leonard and he looks like his old self and it does not look like the injury affected him too much, they will be one of the best, if not the best, team in the Western Conference, in my opinion. Because I think Kawhi, man, he's just going to be a tank um, when the season comes around. And you got PG, who had a... Just like Kawhi, pretty much injury-riddled season last year. He played a little bit. He played solid. Um, and then he didn't play in that um, uh, playing game, I'm pretty sure. I, for- I kind of forgot what happened there, but I'm pretty sure PG didn't play, so they didn't even have a chance. If you're asking me, I thought I thought the Clippers were going to make the playoffs last year, especially when they said Paul George was coming back. Um, I was like, hey, if they can get a like, Clippers versus Suns, that's what I thought was going to happen. If the Clippers played the Suns, and we're talking about a repeat of what happened in the conference finals two years ago. I was like, hey, the Clippers got a shot here. So, and and you saw how the Pelicans kind of beat them up a little bit, pushing them to uh, game six, I'm pretty sure. Or was it seven games? I forgot. But, I mean, no matter what it was, I mean, you talk about uh, people talk about like how the Suns were one of the best coming into that season or this year how they were one of the best teams like that we've seen absolutely not i mean you could tell by just their um 
by, by their play in the playoffs. I mean, they were not nowhere in that playoffs. Could you say like, oh, yeah, the Suns are going to run away with this? Like they just did not play a good brand of basketball at all. I thought in that playoffs, um, not talked about enough. Honestly, we talk about Luca a lot, which is obviously justifiable, <laughs> but the Suns just did not play well um, in a series where a lot of people thought they were going to win pretty easily against the Mavericks. Like I said, Luca was a big part of that, but on offense, they kind of they just did not show up. Devin Booker and Chris Paul just did not play the way that they played two years ago in the playoffs. So. Um, I kind of talked about them, uh, the Suns, but we're just going to wait a little bit more. The second team that they have, um, the second uh, best Western Conference team at 52 and a half is the Warriors, the defending champs. Um, they lose some key players in Otto Porter and Gary Payne, uh, Gary Payne, the second, which should be talked about more. It is not, but it should be. And I'm not just saying this as a Celtics fan. Um, even if I... I am talking about as a Celtics fan. I know how important GP2 and Otto Porter Jr. were in that final series and to their team as a whole. So, if it, it I think it's obviously a great opportunity to put in their young guys, right? Um, you got Kaminga and Moody pretty much going to be put into the rotation, going to take over the spots, and the Warriors are going to trust them. To me, though, like, like if you said that if you replaced Kaminga last year and Moody this uh, last year with Otto Porter and Gary, uh, and Gary Payton in that finals in, in uh, against the Celtics, I think the Celtics win because I think Gary Payton and Otto Porter's defense and their three-point shot, more Otto Porter than Gary Payton, obviously, with the three-pointers. But and, and just the mentality that they play with, how... They're just scrappy players and how they have to fight every minute that they get. Um, I mean, I see, I mean, putting in a bunch of rookies, it that's not really the only option that they have. And it's not a bad option, but if we're talking about winning a championship, if you're going to have two guys, two young dudes coming off the bench, playing heavy minutes for you, it's going to be tough. But if we're just talking about, like I said, in terms of regular season, then I don't know how you can put the Warriors beneath the Suns. I just don't understand it. I mean, I know that the Suns had a great regular season last year, but with the, with the kind of tension with Aiden now, they're, they're, they're bringing him back. They're bringing up pretty much the same team than last year. But I, I don't know how you put the Warriors below them. If, if they're healthy, if the Warriors are healthy, because Steph missed a lot of time, Clay didn't come back until the second half of the year. If the Warriors are healthy, how are you putting them underneath the Suns? I just don't get it. I don't like that in terms of win totals compared to the Suns and the Warriors at all. Um, but they are tied with the Bucks, which I do like. I think that the Warriors and the Bucks are kind of at that same tier. I think the top three teams in the league are the Celtics, the Warriors, and the Bucks. Those are those should be the top three in whatever order. I don't really care what you put them in. Obviously, I have my opinion of the Celtics, and I think they are the best team. But if you put the Celtics at three and you put the Warriors at two and uh the Warriors and the Bucks at one and two, I wouldn't even be mad at you because as long as you put those three, those are the alpha males. Those are the alpha teams in this upcoming NBA season without a doubt. I don't even want to talk about the Suns. We'll see what happens, but they've just shown that they just cannot play at a championship level. And they're, oh, they just made the finals two years ago. Like, yeah, but who did they play? Who did they play? They played the Lakers who sucked. And pushed them to six. They played the Nuggets. I think, did they sweep them? I forgot. What was that? I think it was a sweep. Or it might have been in five. But, no, it was literally just Jokic. Like, 
I, I think everybody expected Suns to win that because Jokic was the only guy on their team. Um, and then conference finals, they played the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard, and the Clippers pushed it to seven games. Like I just, and then they win the first two games against the Bucks, which is pretty solid. And I thought they were going to win the series, but then they end up losing in the next four games. The Suns have not showed me anything in the playoffs that I am that I can put my hat on and just be like, yes, the Suns have proven to me that they are a really, 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 really championship level team in the playoffs and that they will make the finals next year. I don't have the Suns even getting to the conference finals next year. So that's just me. So we kind of already talked about the Suns, I guess. And like I said, the Warriors, they will be the number one seed next year, in my opinion. Um, I think they'll batter a lot with the Clippers, but I think the Warriors will get it done if they are healthy. And then you have the last two teams here. Um, technically the last three, but like I said, we talked about the Suns. They had 53 and a half wins, by the way, above the Bucks, which like I said, I don't know how you do that. How, how does that make any sense? How does that make any sense? The Bucks, the Bucks are the second best team in the East. They're the second best team in the league, in my opinion. Um, I think they're better than the Warriors slightly. But like I said, that's my opinion. I if you put the Warriors at two and the Bucks at three, I'm not gonna be mad at you at all. Um, so I mean, not a lot to talk about. I mean, I think we know what we're we're getting with the Bucks. It's a pretty simple explanation for that. You got you got Giannis, you got Middleton, and you got everyone that everybody else. Um, you want to include Drew Holiday in that? Go for it. He's a great player. They just have a lot of great players, good role players. Their system works. Budenholzer, no matter how much hate he gets, is a wonderful coach, um, especially with Giannis. Um, if you take him out of that situation with Giannis, there's questions to be debated. But with Giannis, he's a great coach. They bring in Joe Ingles, who I think is going to be a solid contributor for them. They bring back, like I said, almost every single player from last year that pushed the Celtics to seven without Chris Middleton. How can you go wrong with the Bucks? They are going to be fighting for the number one seed with the Celtics, just like they were last year. Um, so I I see the Bucks winning 55 games, um, but I'm not happy with the rankings. I would not put them below the Suns. I would put them the second best team in the NBA behind the number one team. We've been waiting for it. Not really, because I think people knew uh, how I was talking. <laughs> um that the Celtics are projected to win 54 and a half games, the number one spot on uh, Caesar Sportsbook's 2022 to 2023 NBA win total projections, 54 and a half. Um, I think they win more than that, in my opinion, but y- y- you can't blame them. No matter what fan you are of any team, if we're just talking about straight up regular season, the Celtics as a roster on paper, talent wise, they are the best team in the NBA, point blank period, talent-wise. I don't think there's any discussion, honestly. Um, like I said, we're just talking about straight-up talent. I mean, how can you not say that they are the best team in the NBA? They have two budding superstars in Tatum and Brown. I probably would put Brown kind of on that lower tier, probably high high star, not yet a superstar. If he can improve again, though, and average like 25 along with Tatum, that I mean, I would just I mean, come on, like, what are you gonna do? Um, they big two signings. They bring in Malcolm Brogdon, Danilo Gallinari. They literally fixed the two uh, issues that they had in the finals, which was shooting and playmaking. Literally, just a wonderful offseason for Brad Stevens. He did nothing wrong. There was nothing that you could put 
or you could blame for Brad Stevens doing in this offseason whatsoever. You bring in a 19-point scorer last year, a 19-5-5 guy who shoots, who had a 50-40-90 season two years ago, who was injured last year, so he'll have some time if he needs to miss games. We're so deep that it doesn't really matter if he misses games that we just kind of need him for the playoffs to be a big contributor. Um, he's in the prime of his career at 30, um, and he fits both of those boxes. Like, if we just brought in Malcolm Brogdon, would have been a still a really good offseason because, like I said, it fixes the two biggest problems, shooting and playmaking. He's just another guy that can shoot and another guy that can playmake. Um and then on top of that, you bring in Galinari, who was obviously the smaller part of that uh, deal um, in the offseason. But you, you bring him in as a free agent. He averaged 12, 5, and 2 last year. Five rebounds and two assists, 12 points. Another shooter, a, a wonderful career shooter, a great career shooter. Probably coming in now is our probably cra- crazy enough how it, uh, how it sounds is probably our best shooter as, as far as off-ball shooters go. So he's going to have a huge impact on the team. I think he's going to be a, um, a huge piece off the bench. We can go small ball with him, or we can put him at the four at times. Um, it gives Al Horford a lot more time to rest, which was is totally needed. And Rob Williams, too. Like I said, small ball lineup. He's going to be playing a lot as a center, I think. So when the matchups um, uh, allow us to. So... Um, yeah, I mean, th- those are really the only two things that we did, but for a team that just won the Eastern Conference and their two best players are still tw- under the age of 27, I mean, I, I, you, I don't know. I mean, I'm interested to hear what people are going to, like, I mean, put it in the comments at in Spotify. I think you can do that, but um, I, I mean, I don't know. what What team would you put... That is just talent wise as a whole, as a collective. Obviously, you could say that all oh, the Bucks have Giannis, he's the best player in the NBA. And then plus you had Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. How can you not put him at number one? I'm talking about as a whole. Like if, if we're talking about as a whole team, one to ten, I'd say. I don't see what other team you could put over the Celtics. I just don't. And I guess on that note, I think that finishes it. I mean I think this this uh, win totals, like I said, countless times, it was a conservative view on it. Um, the biggest things I'd say absolutely not to would be the Nets um, and the Hawks. Um, not the Nets, not the Nets, because um, obviously they didn't have time to adjust this um, since Kevin Durant just announced that he was staying. But Raptors and the Hawks, that'd be a huge one that I'd be like, "What are you doing?" Uh, Trailblazers, I'd put way higher. Um, and then that bottom tier, I'd probably switch around a couple of teams, but like I said, I mean, it doesn't really matter at this point, right? Um, and then, yeah, like I said, Suns just don't like where they are. I say the Bucks are better, and the Warriors are better, and possibly the Clippers are better next year. So uh, I think that's going to do it. Um, and uh, yeah, Celtics 2022 NBA champions. Thanks for listening to Two Bros in a Pod. Our goal as a podcast is to provide unfiltered, unbiased, and interactive content to sports fans everywhere. You can find this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Visit www.2brosinapod.com to access all of our podcasts and articles and to leave a comment on those articles and podcasts. Have a great day and we'll see you next time.